Hey everyone, welcome to the Living Now Essentials Podcast, a place where we discuss living in the now with an eternal perspective in mind, using God's Word as the reference point to our lives as we talk about our joys, struggles, hardships, and triumphs. I'm your host, Rachel Patterson. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to be here with you today for episode two, where we are going to talk about letting go of social media. This topic is heavy, you guys. It is not common to let go of social media. When you tell someone that you are not on Facebook or you are not on Instagram, people wonder why. What's wrong with you? Why don't you have social media? And you guys, I'm so excited to dive deeper into this topic with you today. So I want to start with a Bible verse from Philippians, and it says, Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And that's from Philippians 2, 12 through 13. Y'all, I already have goosebumps. This is going to be so good. I'm starting with that verse because when we are called to something more, when God is calling us to something greater than we can see, we have to be willing to let go and trust that process. And for me, God has been calling my heart away from social media for three years and I haven't wanted to let go until recently when I made the choice to do that. So with that being said, I deleted Instagram completely. 100% it is gone, deactivated and deleted off of my phone. My Facebook is no longer on my phone, the app is gone. I do still have it and only access it from my computer when I feel like it. This is a big, big decision for me. But before I dive into why that was such a big decision, I want to take a walk down memory lane and chat about some of the evolution of my social media usage. And for those of you who are similar in age to me between, you know, your mid-20s and 30s, there are some really fun things that we're going to talk about that might trigger um, some memories for you and recall some of the things that you also uh, experienced when you were on social media in the very beginning. So for me, social media starts with the dinosaur known as AOL dial-up internet. I remember making those fun colored pages where you could put quotes and the cartoon dolls from dollpalace.com. I don't even know if that website still exists, but if you want to see some of these dolls, you can check out my blog post that has the same title as this episode. It's called Letting Go of Social Media. It is so funny. I cannot believe the way some of these dolls are dressed. So shortly after that, uh, Instant Messenger came onto the scene and I was in late elementary school, early middle school when this started happening. And so I remember putting up my away message on AIM and sitting there just watching to see if somebody would message me or I'd go away for five minutes and hope that I would come back to 15 instant messages, 15 instant messages. 
I also loved the buddy info profiles again with all the quotes and the symbols and the words that were spelled with lowercase and caps and money signs and zeros and threes and all that stuff. So as I've been reflecting on my journey through social media, though, I can see now in hindsight how unhealthy it was even back then and how I placed value and worth on the number of messages I received or on how awesome my profile looked. And as I continue to take you down memory lane, we will dive a little deeper into how awesome my profile looked and how that mattered to me and how I would spend so much time editing and redoing and changing the the number of friends that I had on my page. It was crazy to see it's crazy to look back and see how much that influenced me at such a young age and how it literally set me up to have an addiction to social media so after instant messenger or along with I guess I should say came exenga did anybody have that okay This is the point in the podcast where (laughs) when you leave me a review or you want to comment on the blog post, let me know if you had an Exanga. So I remember when my Exanga would load and Ponde Replay by Rihanna would start playing. That was in 2005. So that was at the very end of middle school, early high school. Then I remember being in high school. All right. So we're freshmen in high school. Everything's already awkward enough. And Exanga wasn't cool anymore. And then there was MySpace. And I remember sitting in a Drama 101 class as a freshman and a sophomore girl talking to me. And she said to me, you've never heard of MySpace? You need a MySpace. And you guys, that night, I had MySpace. And it was always really fun to change my top eight when I was fighting with one of my friends. When they got moved to second or completely off of my top eight completely, man, did some hell break loose when they moved me and vice versa when I moved them. And then when my husband and I started dating, he had a permanent spot as my number one. So I also love changing my MySpace background. So this is getting into that, what we talked about a little bit ago, about constantly changing things and making, trying to make it look perfect, trying to make it so people would want to come and comment on my page. I would change my background sometimes three times a week, depending on how I was feeling. It actually took a significant amount of time or amount of skill, sorry, to code and change the layouts. And I think that was one of my favorite parts of it because the coding was so cool. And it was like seeing the fruits of your labor, doing all of these different codes and then, you know, clicking the save button and seeing what it looked like. And you're just like, wow, I just did that. And it looked really cool. But the good ends there. Uh, I remember my dad taking me and my step siblings to South Carolina. We went on like this family trip and me and my stepsisters wasted our vacation, sitting in the lobby of the hotel, redoing our MySpaces until midnight. And again, it just blows my mind to look back and see how each social media platform just programmed you for the next and how it has evolved over time. MySpace for me lasted most of high school and intermingled then with Facebook. I believe I joined Facebook sometime in 2007. I didn't really understand it at first. My first status updates literally said, Rachel dot 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 is tired. 
not I am tired. It was a third person reference. So aside from the third person status updates, though, all I really liked doing was sharing pictures and making those cute little button boards with tons and tons of buttons of Michael Phelps and the Jonas Brothers. So in 2012, we're getting to the end here. I joined the Instagram community. And like Facebook, I had no clue how to use it at first and literally thought it was an app just to put filters over my pictures. And the very first pictures that I posted were of our dog, Riley, when we had first gotten her. She was this cute seven-week little little puppy, seven-week-old little puppy, and I just put cute filters over pictures of her and I because she was so cute. And from that point on, though, using Instagram, it grew and grew and got more and more addicting as time went on, which brings us basically to today because I've been on Instagram ever since. And so for about two to three years now, I've been having these feelings or callings, for lack of better words, to get off of social media. And so to try and give in a little bit to that, I would do social media fasts or breaks. Uh, I would give it up for Lent and then come back to it, swearing that I wasn't going to be as addicted to it as I was when I got off of it. And I always succumb to the traps of constantly checking it, comparing my life to others, envy, pride, and mindlessness. But this time, the calling was stronger and I was determined to break free from its chains. Using social media for me, I just want to take a sidestep here for a second and say that this is what social media did for me. You may feel these things as well, but this is my personal experience with social media, how it made me feel, and ultimately what drove me to make the choice that I made of letting go of it. Social media depleted me of my energy. It gave negativity the upper hand. It made me irritable, impatient, rude, and unkind to my family. I would ignore my children talking to me. It made me vulnerable to envy, to coveting, to pride, and self-esteem struggles. I would see things and I'd be like, I want that. Or, oh, that's cute. I need that. Let me go and buy that so I can be like this person. It took away my God-given uniqueness through comparison, through feeling like I had to, I'm putting air quotes around this, keep up with the Joneses. I was trying to keep up with somebody that wasn't me, that wasn't Jesus. I was comparing myself to people and not to my Savior. Like I said, it took away my God-given uniqueness. It also made me dismiss my family's need for attention. I already mentioned that I would just ignore my daughter, my older daughter, speaking to me. My younger daughter would be sitting in her high chair just like making noise to want to get out of her high chair and I would have her wait for the couple of minutes that I was doing an Instagram story or my favorite is panning the phone to her and then saying to my phone, she's fine. She's just ready for a nap. It also opened me up to place more value on an Instagram story rather than on the story of my life and of my families. 
and last, and probably not even last on the list, is it took a toll on my mental health. There are so many things that social media takes away from us. And sometimes we just choose to ignore it. And I was done ignoring what social media was doing to my life. So what does social media look like for me right now? Well, like I said, Instagram is 100% gone. And also, you know, Facebook is only accessible to me on my computer. I also, though, have never had a TikTok. um, And Snapchat and Twitter, I got rid of those a long time ago. So why was it such a big decision for me to let go of social media? And this is one of the points, one of the major points that I want to stress. Letting go of social media was letting go of my need to be liked and accepted by others. Letting go of social media was me turning my attention from myself and the world and instead to my Lord and my Savior. It was so liberating and freeing. But of course it was. Because that's who Jesus is and that's where he was calling me. He'd been calling me away from social media. And I was only ever half-heartedly acting on it by doing those fasts and giving it up for Lent. Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, 20-22, For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. Friends, there will always be people who have something to say about the things you do and the choices you make. I have lived the majority of my life trying to please other people and trying to give them what they needed from me so they'd like me and accept me, so they would love me. But guess what? It didn't work. Do you know what else? It doesn't matter. Our purpose is to live on purpose for Jesus. For me, I wasn't doing that, being on social media. Getting off of social media, like I said in the beginning of this episode, isn't the common option. It goes against the grain. It goes against society's ideas of what community actually is. Getting off of social media is my living for Christ. And I am not ashamed of that anymore. Because using social media makes me a mindless wanderer. And that is not what my God created me to be. It may seem strange. A lot of you know that I run a small business with Young Living. It is a network marketing company. Networking and network marketing often go hand in hand with social media. The basis of my social media usage was to share this business. And despite sharing that business and that opportunity and the blend of the day that I was doing, I was still being called away from that. And that wasn't, like I said, that wasn't the common option. 
everyone is on social media. Everyone is doing this. And I just had this, I, I will say that it was the Lord say, you are not meant to be like everyone else, Rachel. You are meant to be you. I created you to be you. I didn't create you to be like somebody else. Can you see similarities in that person? Of course. Of course. Because I am everything's creator. I am everyone's creator. Of course there are similarities. But I designed you on purpose to be you. So with that being said, what I care about most is being present with my daughters and my husband. And you guys, my oldest daughter kept saying to me, Mommy, look at me. Put your phone down. Play with me. I was so tired of being angry and unkind to my family because I felt lousy about myself because I wasn't doing or keeping up with what others were doing. No matter how authentic I tried to be on social media, in the background, I was still trying to keep up with everyone else and make it look perfect in the process. And like I just said a minute ago, we are not meant to be carbon copies. We do have similarities. We have the same creator, but we are not called to be like anyone but ourselves. And we are most ourselves when we are living on purpose for Jesus. We are most ourselves when we are emulating him and his character and who he is and who the Bible tells us that he is. That is when we become most ourselves, most who our creator created us to be. I love there's this idea that if you have an invention, if you created something and somebody comes up to you and they look at your invention and they ask the invention, what were you made for? The invention's not going to know. The invention itself is not going to know why it was made. It's not going to be able to answer your questions. Who are you going to look to to get the answers as to why this thing that was created, what its purpose is? You're going to ask the creator. So where do we go, right? We go to the Lord. He is our creator. We can't answer for ourselves what our purpose is. We don't know. We didn't create ourselves. He created us. So we go to him, to his word, to his truth, to find out who we are. And who we are is exactly who he made us to be. And when we have the opportunity to remove ourselves from the mindlessness of social media and to dig deeper into who he is, then we will find out who we are. We will find out our purpose. We will find out what gifts and abilities and talents that God has given us when we step away from comparing our lives to the people around us and start comparing ourselves to the character of God. When we start trying to live up to him and not live alongside of or compare ourselves to other people in the world. When we stop idolizing the people in the world and start looking at our God as our savior. So I love The Purpose Driven Life written by Rick Warren. And he has this beautiful quote that says, if you weren't you, you wouldn't exist. And so I just want to let that sit. I want that to settle over your soul. If you weren't you, you wouldn't 
exists. Paul tells us in Galatians 1.10 that we should not be trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were the goal, we would not be Christ's servant. My purpose is to live for God. And like I said, I wasn't doing that being on social media. For some people, God calls them to those platforms to make a difference. I truly believe that people who have social media under their control, meaning they are using it and it is not using them, are forces to be reckoned with. But I don't feel like that's where God was calling me. And what anyone else has to say about my decision is irrelevant to me. They can have their opinions and that's okay. But at the end of the day, they are not the ones that I will stand before when I die. They are not the ones who I will have to give an account of my life to. So with all that being said, I think it's important to sum this whole thing up in a sentence because this concept of making decisions that please the Lord and not people can apply to all areas in life, not just this specific topic of social media. So here it is. If you feel like you're not living the life the Lord is calling you to live, prayerfully consider and evaluate what in your life needs to be removed or added in order for you to live on purpose for his purpose and then do that regardless of the opinions of the others and the lies of the enemy. You will never please everyone, friends, so you may as well please the one who matters most. For me, pleasing the Lord looked like deleting Instagram permanently and deleting Facebook from my phone, regardless of my Young Living business, regardless of the people who watched my stories, regardless of the opinions others might have, of the guilt I felt thinking that I was letting people down by getting off of social media, regardless of the likes, comments, and shares, regardless of how awesome that last reel was that I did, regardless of the content that I lost. None of that matters to me more than my relationship with Jesus. I am pleasing him the most when I am loving my family well. I am pleasing him when I practice gratitude and appreciate the gifts and blessings that he is giving me. I am pleasing him when I choose to open his word instead of an app. And I am pleasing him when I share his truth in the way that he has called me to share, not in the way others think that I should. And that is so freeing, so beautiful, and so worth it. If there is something in your life that you feel God is calling you to or from, listen. Listen to him. It could be anything, not just social media. So you could listen to this and you could think, she's insane. Social media is awesome. I love social media. I don't have a problem with social media and that's fine, but I guarantee if you just do an intake of your life and reflect on your life, there's probably something that you are being pulled towards or pulled from. So pray on that, meditate on that, ask God for clarity on that. And so my prayer for you is the verse that I started this episode with. May you work hard and, and on the side, <laughs> make the hard decisions that show the results of your salvation. May you obey God's calling on your life 
and allow him to do the work in you that will please him and make an impact in this world and bring him glory. Before we end today's episode, I have two voice messages from two friends of mine who also are no longer on social media, and I wanted to share a little bit of their hearts with you guys. I made the choice to get off social media after a really long time of feeling pulled away from it. Um, I was spending so much time mindlessly scrolling Facebook and Instagram that I told myself I had no time for the things that I really enjoy. I just had my second baby, and every time I sat down to nurse her, I was picking up my phone instead of picking up a good book or picking up my Bible journal or choosing to listen to my son when he talked to me. Um, I really was not giving my kids or even my husband the undivided attention that they deserved when they talked to me. And I realized that I was less productive and I just didn't feel like this is what God wants for my life. Um, That there is no amount of money in the world that will make me sell this time with my children. They are young for such a short amount of time. They grow so fast and I want their memories of me to be that I was very present and playful and I wasn't more concerned with what was going on on Instagram. Um, So since I deleted social media off of my phone and computer, I have been doing a lot more that I enjoy. I started a Bible study already and I am able to give my son a lot more of my undivided attention when he's speaking to me and I'm noticing a really big difference in his behavior already. I feel closer to my husband um, and it actually has given me motivation to do projects and to do things that I miss doing. So it has been the best choice for me to let that part of my life go. Okay, when it's the first thing you do in the morning and the last thing you do at night, that's when you know you have a problem. I feel so heavy on this topic, so I'll try and keep it at a minimum. Ultimately, my reasoning for wanting to be off of social media was to be more present with my kids, actually be with them in the moment and not just trying to capture it. I was tired of the way I felt and realized how social media was making me feel, yet I continued using it as like a time filler and a way to feel connected with people until one day um, my four-year-old slapped the phone out of my hands and said, Mommy, get off your phone. Hello, wake up call. I had deactivated my accounts several times within the last 10 years, but only ever went a week or two until I was right back on on it um, with the same old habits. But this time, 
uh, Jesus. I decided I was going to let go of the things that was no longer serving me or bringing any value to my life, if ever, and that included social media. I was done with the comparison, self-indulgent, instant gratification photos, living a false reality, the pressure to share every aspect of my life with people and only have surface level, shallow relationships instead of a strength, instead of strengthening the relationships right in front of me and not through a screen. So finally I gave it up and guess what? Nobody even noticed. Okay, so of course, going off of social media, I had to figure out who I was again. I'd felt I'd lost any authenticity and individuality I had left and had only morphed into the people I followed. The perfectly curated photos and the beautiful pictures were just no longer what I desired. I wanted real, tangible things in my life to learn to enjoy and take in again. The smell of things, the sun shining through the windows, the soft breeze, my babies growing, all of the things I'd been missing because I was too busy looking down. As goofy as it sounds, I took back my life and I choose what I'm consuming now. I choose what I see. I choose what I read, what I do, period. Without all the noise of the digital world screaming at who I should be, what I should buy, and how I should live. I sleep better. I think clearer. I use my time better. I love better. I never realized all the areas of my life it was affecting until it was gone. So how is the life I have now different being without social media for a year? I'm completely at peace with the mundane, quiet life where nobody knows what I'm doing. It's like a whole new world out here and feels a lot like the 90s, and I love it. Instead of picking up my phone every chance I get, I get to read, I planted our first garden, I journal, all of which probably sound pretty boring to most people, but you don't realize the things you gave up to be a zombie staring at a screen while everyone else appears to be living their lives and you're just watching. I want to end with something I re read. Um in a book called Present Over Perfect by Shauna Nyquist. Whatever you think you can't do without, alcohol, shopping, that number on the scale, the car, that secret habit, that workout, the pills, the lies, the affair, the money, the success, whatever it is that you clutch onto with angry fists that you grab like a lifeline. When you release that thing, when you let go, that's when you'll hear the notes between the music. That's when you'll feel the groove, the rhythm you are made to feel that you covered over a thousand times with noise and motion and fear and all the things, when you hear it, you'll realize it sounds a lot like your own heartbeat, the rhythm of God, of life, pumping in your chest, the most beautiful song you've ever heard. I know I'm not the only one who ended every day with an undeniable feeling of guilt if I spent too much time on my phone and not enough time being present with those right in front of my face just to wake up and do it again. So my biggest takeaway from this now is that I'm free.